Hi, everybody. This is Poya. Welcome to the Uncharted Podcast. Today's guest is Harista Borisov, who's the CEO and co-founder of Bulgaria's first ever unicorn fintech startup, Payhawk. Harista, welcome to the show. Uh, we'd love to kick it off with a quick bio so we get to know you. So give us a little bit of context on your personal as well as business as well as your upbringing. Grew up in Sofia, the capital of Bulgaria, uh, during the 90s, uh, which was kind of really post post-communist time. This was a mix of uh, a big, um, you know, hope that there is a change coming up um, and also some heavy legacy uh, from the communist times. During the communist times, we actually had almost zero kind of, uh, you know, crime. And people were just used to have their kids uh, outside all day long. So we could just go across the city all day long, wherever we wanted. We were riding, tra- uh, you know, just the, the bus uh, for like two hours, just to go around the city. And we were like seven, eight years old. And if I think about now, seven, eight years old, just letting them go wherever they want in the city, <laughs> that's going to be a different conversation. I think that's something that I, right now I really appreciate that I had as a freedom, right? And you were not anchored to a computer. So when computers came along, I was just seventh grade. Um, when we, I got my first computer with proper internet, actually with dial up, super fascinated by that. And, um, you know, I got really hooked, um, and then things happened that I was about to be go to my other passion, which was at the time photography. So I was really split between computers and photography. Applied to university, and uh, you know, just two years, two two months before graduating, my last year at uh, high school, um, I ended up being a developer. A uh, friend of my father said, I need somebody to fix my computer. So you guys, you are good with computers. Can you fix my computer? I fixed his computer. And then two weeks he, later, he called me and said, I need actually a developer because one of our developers left. Uh, and you're good with computers. So you should know how to program, right? Uh, so I went there. They gave me, uh, 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 no, I went to an interview. They saw I don't know nothing, but I'm super enthusiastic. So they gave me some money to buy books. And I showed up a month later and then started being a developer, even right before university. And then at university, I studied both computer science and business. During university, uh, I managed to start a job by my second year in a fast-growing company in Bulgaria called Teleric, which was 78 employees at the time. And then I became an engineer there, spent three and a half years as a developer, and then became one of the first product managers in the company. And then the company went from 70 employees when I joined them to 850 got acquired for 265 million in 2014 by a public US company called Progress Software. And then uh, after four years there, uh, as a director of product, leading over, uh, you know, product innovation and strategy, um, you know, decided to start my own company in 2018. And uh, together with one of our most talented engineer, uh, engineers, Boyko, uh, I said, let's go and build a big company. Uh, we need to just solve a big problem in a big market, and that's it. Thanks for giving us a context. I, I've listened to a couple of podcasts that you were on, and you've always been um, a big advocate of risk. How much do you think of the early days of like going anywhere as a kid in Sofia between the ages of zero, seven, eight helped you, you think, to like become a risk taker today? Do you think that's had an influence? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, you know... There were very small boundaries for me as a kid, you know. Um, and that was also because my parents um, separated very early on. Um, and I was with, just with my mother, uh, and she was in her 20s. 
late 20s, early 30s, uh, when I was, you know, seven, eight years old. And I had this environment where, you know, I pretty early on got to the point to know the responsibility of my own actions by learning by mistake, you know. Um, and that gave me the, the confidence that I can do everything I set my mind to do. Um, and I don't think as risk as a risk. I mean, what was the worst thing can happen, right? I mean, uh, I, I think I, I try to put myself in a situation where I don't have escape routes. So when I started to pay home, very key thing for me was to go full time. It needs to be owing, right? Because this is where I excel. You know, and that is, I think, the most dangerous thing about Payhawk because, uh, uh, you know, Payhawk versus our competitors is that we can be really efficient with small and we can really be really efficient with, with, with a lot of money, right? So we are not scared to scale down quickly. You said two things. One, I went all in, right? From Before you even start Payhawk, you're like, I'm committing to go all in. And then two, you said, I want to just focus on Payhawk, right? Where does that come from? My, my wife usually jokes that I'm a maniac. If I like something, so if I start to play tennis, which I started like seven years ago, first two years, the only thing I cared about was a tennis racket and time to play tennis, right? Um, so I think that that's key thing. And I'm not really good at doing multiple things at the same time. Um, and I think even if I'm doing other things at the same time, I always try to make them synergetic. So that it makes sense. And, and that's why I, how I bundle my time. So I try to bundle things that are close to each other, that have the same context. Because once you dive into the context, you need kind of a barrier to enter into that mindset. And then you become productive, right? Like with training, you need to spend 30, 40 minutes to warming up your body. And then the next 20 minutes are the productive phase while you are doing this one-hour workout. And the same way is my mind when I focus on it. So I really don't, don't like constant like daily constant uh, switching of context. I like to focus on things, get them to a good shape, and then move my focus on something else. That's an amazing level of self-awareness. I don't think you realize how many people don't have that self-awareness in terms of like that. that's how they are and they start doing 50 different things. And I don't think people realize the cost of context switching. It, like the, the average person just can't handle it. So, so kudos to you for having that level of uh, awareness. Um, and then you decided to tackle this project, right? And when I say project, you mean this company, Payhawk, where you guys- A lifetime. A lifetime, <laughs> a lifetime. So <laughs> not a pro- it's a lifetime where you've gone in record time from uh, an early stage startup to one of the most successful stories out of Bulgaria, right? And uh, what I'd love to hear from you is what do you think, what do you contribute that to? We were very- Again, self-aware of what we can do and what we can do. And we knew that we are extremely good at software. And we knew that we need to find something that we're going to be excited about. And it should be a big problem where we can constantly innovate with software. Uh, because we don't want to get into a situation where we build some product and that's it, right? And then you are just thinking what to do in the roadmap, right? It needs to be somewhere where the more you dig, the harder and the more complex this becomes on a software part, because this is where we are going to ex- excel. And that was the plan for how we can ex- how we can be successful in the next five to 10 years, right? That was the fundamental thing. We need you to find a big space in which we can show our potential as a product team. Um, and we were not afraid that we didn't know anything about FinTech, right? We started the company by Googling how to issue a card, which was literally this way. Um, we knew that we are going to learn whatever needs to be learned, uh, but we know our stuff. 
And uh, there are other things we don't know. And that's why we try to surround ourselves with a lot of people that could tell us the things we don't know or the things we could expect. And that was the second part that came into context because after the exit of Teleric in 2014, out of that single company, there are now 40 companies span out as startups, right? That, that was kind of PayPal mafia, right? We call it Teleric mafia in Bulgaria. And the, the beauty of that was that there were like four or five, you know, companies with our pace, with ex-employees that were in the same mindset as us, right? And they were challenging, they were facing the same challenges and surrounding yourself with them is one thing. Also, um, we started having more structured VCs with proper connections in Western Europe and the US. Um, and they started bringing a lot of knowledge. And we tried to be, in the beginning, we said, you know, we never optimize for percentages, right? We focus on getting the right people. And if we build a critical mass of quality, whether it's on the investor side, whether it's on the product side, it is going to over the long-term payback um, hugely. And that was key thing we wanted to do. So we knew our stuff and we wanted to set up ourselves for success. And we built as many of the missing pieces we didn't know around us to, to set, to, to hope to, we were going to get there. Amazing. It's, it reminds me of that quote, like, um, you're the average of five people you surround yourself with. It, it's, it really reminds me of that because you guys, uh, after your acquisition, you've, you've been able to scale with the rest of the mafia in, in Bulgaria as, as, uh, or as in Sofia, as, as you mentioned. Um, as you've scaled, one of the things that I think gets really difficult is doubling down on the customer. And what I mean by that is, as you guys have scaled, there's been more competitors, the industry and the category has just gotten so much more attention, more money has been poured into it. How have you made sure both yourself as, as well as the rest of the company puts the customer first ahead of everything else? Our strategy was, hey, we know software, but to build software effectively, you need to understand what to build. And you shouldn't just ask blank questions and and. and and just go and implement what, what everybody says. You need to, and, and this is where the Teleric experience helped, you need to try, able to try to foresee what these customers really want and where this conversation is going, right? Um, and early on, we used a lot of our competitors' websites uh, to try to pitch them and to understand where their value proposition breaks. And we said, let's assume we are already, we had some competitors that were three years on the market. Let's assume... You know, we just use their website, we show it to a customer and we tell them, hey, this is our product. What do you think? You know, if this is something we can sell you, would you buy that? Why not? Just to just to experiment to see what the thinking is. If you talk to a small company versus big versus very large company. And we quickly realized that just managing company costs and expenses is, is the start. What really needs to change is the way companies deal with business payments and banking, right? And a lot of companies right now avoid, you know, using the term business banking or new banking because of the kind of the notorious annotation that comes with, you know, the early wave of, you know, these kind of new banks that were kind of uh, uh, didn't get the right uh, on the right foot at the beginning. And and that was key to us to, to, to really listen to these people. And, and that needs to be constantly. So what we have right now with the leadership team, uh, this is something that we do before every leadership team meeting on Monday morning is 
15 minutes post of the business reports. Everybody on the leadership team should read a memo that includes win, loss, you know, reasons for churn, if there are any, and onboarding notes of customers, right? What is happening right now in the business? That's your post. And if you don't have that context, you can you can get lost in all the work that's happening. But that that's that's key for you to be self-aware of what's happening. How do you make sure what is happening for the pulse of the business on the leadership side is going all the way down to the trenches? 80% of the, the feedback that needs to be funneled usually is related to, to product delivery, right? You know, commercial directors needs that, customer support needs that, customer success needs something else. If you are able to deliver that kind of feedback that comes, you're going to get more of it. The quality is going to be better and people are going to be confident that they can have a meaningful conversation and it keeps the morale high. In times where we were, let's say, for three, four months, we couldn't, let's say, go through the, you know, to a lot of the reported things because we have small capacity and so on. You can definitely see the morale in the team change. Um, and I think that's why, you know, execution is, is one thing and also good alignment. Um, so that is just part on the customer support side. But if you're asking generally about how do we make sure that whatever we say at the top is happening is you need to have very good alignment and system in place. And we are currently using, you know, obviously objectives and key results. And we really try to have a very clear way of how we do things that are transparent. And this is, I think, the most important part of a leadership team to be able to make change possible and to be addressing change adequately so that it is well communicated, you know the reasoning for change, so that when change happens, we move on, when we don't block and we don't go back. Risto, this has been an amazing episode. I'm going to save my thank yous. But one of the ways we'd like to end every episode is if you could go back to any time, and I'm going to put a time constraint, before you kicked off the Payhawk thing, and to my knowledge, having your first daughter was a huge motivation of wanting to start this company. If you could go back to that moment, now that you've been on this journey, built this unicorn, what's one piece of advice uh, advice with the wiser, older uh, Haristo now that's been on this journey for a couple of years would give him his younger self? You should really, as much as possible, stick to your core, um, to, to the places where you are extremely good at, and make sure that core is as good as possible, and quickly acquire talent on places where you know you don't have that much so that you can actually even faster increase the you know the learning curve you know we joke that there are two roles in the company you either produce software or you either sell software right um or you help somebody sell or you have somebody <laughs> right um so i think that that would be one advice right so focus, stick to your core more and try to get talent faster on the things where you can get that. Uh, the level of awareness again that you have is is incredible. It's, it's it's actually really refreshing in terms of just knowing your strengths, weaknesses, and knowing where, where to offset um, for those gaps as, as necessary. Well, Harissa, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you. For everybody listening, we will put Harissa's uh, contact information in the show notes, LinkedIn, and whatnot. Reach out. Thank you for coming on the show, uh, and keep on building, my friend. I know I know you want to go to the moon, so just please <laughs> please, please please save us a seat uh, as well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Everybody, thanks again for tuning in. I just wanted to welcome you to Saster Europa next week. There's still a chance if you want to join us on June 6th, 7th, and 8th in sunny Barcelona, we can have sangria, paella, and whatever else you want. 
uh, you can go to sassyeuropa.com and use FAV50 for $50 off. That's F-A-V-E 50 for $50 off. Hope to see you all next week in sunny Barcelona with our friends. Until next time, be well, be safe, and catch you on the next episode.